Hello, this is Anna from NewsLaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 19th of May. India today registered 2.67 lakh new coronavirus cases, taking the total count of infections to 2.54 crores. The country reported 4,529 new deaths, its highest single-day toll so far. This has pushed the overall fatality count to 2.83 lakhs. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. Union Minister Nitin Gadkari, in a virtual address to Vice-Chancellors of Universities today, asserted that more domestic companies should be given the license to manufacture the vaccines and life-saving drugs to tackle the pandemic. He further advised that instead of one company, 10 more companies should be given the license to manufacture the vaccines. He said that first let the companies supply in the country and later, if there is surplus, they may export. The central government has reportedly been facing criticism over a crippling shortage of COVID vaccines. Meanwhile, Reuters reported that a Spanish study has found out that giving a dose of the Pfizer vaccine to those who have received their first dose of AstraZeneca vaccine is highly safe and effective. The CombiVax study, run by Spain's state-backed Carlos III Health Institute, found the presence of IgG antibodies in the bloodstream was between 30 and 40 times higher in people who got the follow-up Pfizer shot than in a control group who only received one AstraZeneca dose. Meanwhile, the presence of neutralizing antibodies rose sevenfold after a Pfizer dose significantly more than the doubling effect observed after a second AstraZeneca shot. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal has announced that every family in Delhi that has lost a member to COVID will be awarded ex gratia of Rs 50,000 and those who lost earning members or breadwinners will get an additional Rs 2,500 per month as a pension. He also announced that they will provide all ration card holders 5 kg ration for free, along with another 5 kg given by the central government. According to the Indian Express, Maharashtra's Amravati district is again witnessing a worrying surge in coronavirus cases, even as the rest of the state records a declining trend. Officials said that they are seeing a percentage increase in the number of deaths among young people in the district. Epidemiologist Dr. Pradeep Awate told The Daily that 19 districts have shown a rise in active cases since Maharashtra enforced a lockdown on 16th of April. But, he said, the main areas of concern are Amravati, Buldhana and Yavatmal in Vidharb region which have shown significant surge despite a lockdown. In Hisar, two days after clashes between farmers and policemen broke out over the visit of Chief Minister Manohar Lal Khattar, the Indian Express reported that the residents of Masoodpur village of the district have announced boycott of the lockdown imposed in Haryana. The decision has been taken by the villagers because they feel that the lockdown has been imposed to suppress the ongoing agitation against the three farm laws. This came even as police officials have insisted that it's a matter of life as the pandemic is there. Globally, according to Johns Hopkins University, the coronavirus has now infected over 163.9 million people and killed over 3.39 million since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. According to Times of India, Singapore Foreign Minister Vivian Balakrishnan slammed Delhi CM Arvind Kejriwal today for his tweet on a dangerous variant of coronavirus in Singapore, asking Kejriwal to stick to facts. 
In response to this, Indian Foreign Minister S. Jay Shankar conveyed his strong objection to Kejriwal's tweets, saying that the Delhi Chief Minister does not speak for India. Jay Shankar tweeted, and I quote, Singapore and India have been solid partners in the fight against COVID-19. Appreciate Singapore's role as a logistics hub and oxygen supplier. Their gesture of deploying military aircraft to help us speaks of our exceptional relationship. However, irresponsible comments from those who should know better can damage long-standing partnerships. So, let me clarify. Delhi CM does not speak for India. Unquote. Jay Shankar also thanked Singapore Foreign Minister and suggested focusing on resolving the situation in their respective countries and helping one another. Yesterday, Kejriwal had urged the centre to cancel air services with Singapore on account of what he called a new form of corona that came to Singapore and was extremely dangerous for children. He also said that in India it may come as a third wave. After Jay Shankar's objection, Delhi Deputy CM Manish Sodia accused Bharatiya Janata Party of doing cheap politics. He said that the BJP is doing cheap politics and is worried about its image in Singapore but not about children under threat from COVID strain. He added that the centre did not take cognizance of alerts about the strain that was first detected in the United Kingdom. The India Meteorological Department has declared that Cyclone Tokte has weakened into a depression. While the Weather Forecasting Agency has mentioned that the cyclone is now centred over South Rajasthan and adjoining Gujarat region. The cyclone has so far claimed 13 lives in Gujarat, while 12 deaths have been claimed in Maharashtra. Gujarat Chief Minister's office had earlier announced that the COVID-19 vaccination drive in the state will be suspended due to the chaos caused by the cyclone. The vaccination drive would resume on May 20th. The Indian Navy's rescue vessel P-305 has reportedly sunk near the coastline in Mumbai. The vessel was sent out for an emergency rescue call caused due to the cyclone. It had 273 people on board, out of which 146 have been rescued by the Indian Navy till yesterday morning. Around 81 people are still missing and the Navy authorities are actively involved in a search and rescue operation. Meanwhile, in Gotri Hospital in Vadodara, a nurse was injured after a glazed facade on the 7th floor of the hospital collapsed due to strong winds. The hospital has been under use as a COVID-19 facility. The cyclone has also left the district administration in Vadodara on the edge about the availability of oxygen for COVID-19 hospitals. Vadodara is dependent on oxygen supply of about 85 metric tons of its total 170 empty consumption per day from the districts of Bhavnagar and Jamnagar. A statement issued by Vadodara district collector mentioned that yesterday other suppliers of oxygen in Jhagaria and Dahej in Bharuj district and medical oxygen generation plants at Bhavnagar were reportedly shut due to power outage following heavy rain and voltage fluctuations. The Barabanki administration in Uttar Pradesh has demolished a mosque in the district. The administration claimed that an illegal residential complex was found opposite the subdivisional magistrate's residence. The Hindu reported that according to the administration, the complex was demolished on Monday on orders issued by the subdivisional magistrate's court. Meanwhile, the Uttar Pradesh Sunni Central Vakf Board has condemned the demolition, demanding the restoration of the mosque.
The board has alleged that the demolition is patently illegal and said that the action was done on the pretext of removing encroachment. The board announced that it will move the Allahabad High Court seeking the restoration of the mosque, a high-level judicial inquiry and action against the guilty officers. Speaking to the Hindu, Zufar Faruqi, the chairperson of the Sunni Waqf board, said that the mosque was 100 years old and that the demolition violates the orders passed by the Allahabad High Court on 24th of April. The orders had barred the demolitions in the state till 31st of May due to the COVID surge. On its part, District Magistrate Adarsh Singh said that the stakeholders of the mosque were issued a notice on 15th of March and were asked to make submissions regarding ownership after which residents of the complex had fled. He claimed that the administration took control of the premises on 18th of March because of security reasons. The managing committee of the mosque had challenged the validity of the 15th of March notice through a writ petition in the High Court. The court, however, had dismissed the petition on 18th of March, saying that the notice given to the petitioners was for seeking documentary evidence and not for demolition. In the state of Uttar Pradesh, meanwhile, situations remain dire owing to the ravaging pandemic. My colleagues Akansha and Shivangi reported from the village of Jayapur, which was adopted by Prime Minister Narendra Modi in 2014. They found out from the village's newly elected Pradhan Rajkumar Yadav that at least 10 of his fellow villagers have died from COVID in recent weeks, but none have been counted officially. The village lacks healthcare facilities. The only primary health centre has been non-functional since its inauguration. You can watch their video report on our website. It is titled, How is Modi's Adopted Village Coping with COVID? Dear listeners, amid such dark times, our woes are multifold when we do not even know the real scale of this catastrophe. Too many states are masking the number of deaths, such as in Uttar Pradesh's Merit, which is reporting seven times fewer COVID deaths. My colleagues Ayush and Basant had reported how the records kept by the city's biggest crematorium in Merit contradict the Adityanath government figures. Hence, it becomes crucial to unmask the realities that our government is actively masking. The reason why the mainstream media will not take up such issues is because they are backed by the government. While at News Laundry, we can bring you reports such as these because we do not answer to corporations or governments. Instead, we depend on you subscribers who fund us to bring you actual and accurate information. So, if you truly believe in the work we do and want to support journalism free from the government's clutches, support us and subscribe to us by hitting the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner of newslaundry.com. Our subscription starts at 300 rupees a month. Israeli fighter jets today continue to strike the Gaza Strip. According to Al Jazeera, numerous residential buildings collapsed under the bombardment, and at least four Palestinians were killed, including a journalist. The latest raids came as Palestinian groups launched more rockets towards cities in southern Israel. There were no immediate reports of injuries in Israel. Earlier, Israeli forces had shot dead four other Palestinians and wounded scores more during protests and a historic general strike in the occupied West Bank and East Jerusalem. Israel military has killed at least 219 Palestinians, including 63 children in Gaza, since 10th of May. About 1,500 Palestinians have been wounded. In Israel, 12 people have died, including two children, 
and at least 300 have been wounded in rocket attacks by Palestinian militants. The United States continues to block the UN Security Council from issuing a joint statement urging an end to the hostilities, telling the diplomats that a public statement would not help calm the tensions. France, however, has said that it is working with Israel's neighbors, Egypt and Jordan, on a new ceasefire resolution. China recently issued a statement saying it was supportive of the French proposal. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these trying times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.